Here's something interesting. Each year, about half a million patients will be transported to a hospital emergency care by air transport at a cost of some $60,000 per flight on average. It's yet another piece of the healthcare puzzle, how best to control that sky-high cost. Hi there, I'm Chris Oaks. Welcome to the Here's Something Interesting podcast, where we talk to interesting people with interesting things to say about interesting subjects. Before we get into today's topic, let me give you a quick preview of the episode that we'll be posting here on Saturday or by Saturday. It may may actually go up Friday night, but uh, for Saturday in the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing and the first steps on the moon, Uh, We have four great guests lined up for you on that episode. Uh, We'll be speaking with a NASA scientist from the Goddard Space Flight Center just outside of D.C. Uh, Also talk with Art Harmon. He is the head of the Coalition to Save Manned Space Exploration and a longtime advocate for continued American leadership in the exploration of space. Really interesting guy. I think you'll like that conversation. We'll talk with Rod Pyle. He is an author for the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He's written a number of books and such for NASA on various projects that they have worked on over the years. And he has a new coffee table book out all about the Apollo 11 mission and man's first steps on the moon. And also Jeffrey Kluger, Now, you may remember Jeffrey Kluger is the co-author of Lost Moon, which is the book that the film Apollo 13 was based on. A couple of years ago, he published a book called Apollo 8, and Apollo 8 was actually the first Apollo mission where they went into lunar, lunar orbit. They went to the moon, they circled the moon, they came back again, and even though Apollo 11 is the one mission that everybody remembers and obviously was the first uh, human landing on the moon, none of that would have happened were it not for Apollo 8 first, proving that we could get there. And the circumstances surrounding the Apollo 8 mission are incredibly fascinating. And so that will be a very interesting conversation as well. We not, would not have gotten Uh, those first steps on the moon had it not been for the uh, Apollo 8 mission. So tie that into the anniversary as well. So that is coming up on Saturday. Again, it'll be posted by Saturday, may actually be up on Friday evening, but uh, that in honor of the uh, 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing uh, this weekend. So you want to make sure that you uh, listen in for that. Now, we get to today's topic. Late last year, Congress ordered the creation of an advisory committee to examine air ambulance price transparency measures and consumer protections against excessive charges. Every year, more than 500,000 patients are transported by air medical services. But those air ambulance services say legislation being considered this week by both uh, House and Senate committees could negatively impact their ability to operate. We are speaking today with Seth Myers. He is president of Air Evac Life Team. Seth, why do you consider these bills a threat to the medical services industry? Well, the the industry is already financially strained because more than seventy percent of the people that we transport uh, are, do not pay the cost of the transport. Those funded by Medicare 
uh, only pay about 60% of the cost the government does. Those covered by Medicaid pay about 34% of our costs, and then those with no insurance we get very little from. So that large percentage, more than 70%, don't pay the cost. And the, the, the losses incurred by those, those truly medically necessary transports are made up by the commercial insurance. Um, as you mentioned at the beginning, Congress took action last year to name this advisory committee that would put insurers, regulators, the industry, uh, patients, and providers all together under DOT and HHS to do things like gather data. We're in support of providing cost data, quality data, claims data to really look at this, to understand it, and make an informed decision rather than in the health committee when we were just added at the, the 11th hour in a bill that was really built for other providers of health care and not really air. Uh, with respect to air transported, Johns Hopkins University research study published just this month points out that the median charge for air transport services is four to ten times what Medicare pays for the same services. And while a disparity between the open market and Medicare reimbursements is not unusual, in this case, it is much higher in, in this category than ground services or even physician services themselves. Why such a disparity? Well, when you base a, a, a multiple of a very flawed sort of Medicare payment, I happen to be part of the group uh, in the industry that, that did what was called a negotiated rulemaking, and we were using 1998 financial data to set the fee schedule that Medicare pays us under today. And uh, we've seen less than a 2% increase over uh, each year for the last 20 years, and to give you an idea, $1998, our fuel prices for gasoline was $0.72. Cents. The, We've seen the costs go up tremendously, but the reimbursement has fallen woefully behind. So anything that, that is that I, is looking at a charge or that compared to Medicare is flawed. I, I, I want to clarify this because the same report says that for ma- uh, Medicare patients, the costs went up by as much as 61% between 2012 and 2016. So again, looking at that number, according to this report, it, it doesn't appear that those reimbursements have been stagnant. Are you saying that, that those numbers are not correct? I'm saying that the amount that we are reimbursed by Medicare under a formula uh, that that looks at the the annual increases minus 1% has only created increases to what we're paid by the federal government at less than 2% a year for the last 20 years. The industry business journal Modern Healthcare also points out in a report on this issue that the average cost of air transport, uh, medical air transport, is around $60,000. And they point out that a a cross-country flight on a private charter jet costs about half that. Now, obviously, you're talking about uh, medical uh, uh, needs and and medical attention and and the specialty uh, type of flight. But clearly, this is an expense that is... Uh, astronomical and is causing uh, a great deal of difficulty for patients to manage. manage. So you don't dispute that this is a a serious issue for patients being stuck with these surprise bills in the tens of thousands of dollars above and beyond what their insurance policy will pay. So what would be your solution? What would be your alternative solution that you would propose? 
Well, as I said, this advisory committee was 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 named in order to gather the data. And in fact, as as you're mentioning, the the average sorts of uh, the charges are different for airplanes versus uh, rotorcraft. You're mentioning the comparison between a a, uh, a corporate jet flight uh, as opposed to the cost of readiness of a team, a nurse, a paramedic, a pilot with an aircraft um, stationed in a rural area that's less densely populated because those are the people, by the way, that need access to advanced care. So it's the cost of readiness that is, is not being uh, thought through when we look at what the charge is. And then you have to understand it's a cost of the flight and then the cost of all the losses incurred by those um, who have underpaid for the other 70% of flights. So it's the losses on those flights plus the cost of the actual flight. But that's still, and but we that's, promote, we want people to collect the cost data to understand it. But but that still doesn't answer the question that uh, that doesn't make it any more affordable for people who are stuck with uh, bills in the tens of thousands of dollars uh, that they didn't anticipate. So what is the solution? The solution is to get insurance companies to negotiate in good faith and actually have an in-network provider for those that they cover, because today that's not enforced. And so many states have no providers that are in-network, and we want to take the patient out of the middle. Our industry does not want to deal with the patient. This idea that we, um, as an industry, haven't sought in-network is not true. We are seeking actively to go in-network, but we need the providers of insurance to negotiate and have an incentive. This bill as written today does not provide any incentive. In fact, I would tell you it disincentivizes a insurance company from going in network because the way to go to a, to lower your median in network is that any of your contracted uh, providers that you're paying, uh, any of the higher ones, you just continue to not not renegotiate or not renew to lower that rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do uh, where do folks find out more about the air transport industry's position uh, with respect to these bills and on these issues and the solutions, the alternative solutions that you say uh, will be uh, better to lower patient costs? They can go to website globalmedicalresponse.com. And they'll find a link at the top that's protect patients, but also there's a wealth of information on there about uh, about all these matters we've been discussing. Certainly a complicated issue, but it is a life-saving uh, service that uh, we certainly cannot go without, particularly in rural areas of the country, as you point out. Again, Seth Myers, president of Air Evac Life Team. Seth, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Our thanks to Seth Myers for the conversation today. It is also worth pointing out that the question of negotiating in-network reimbursements for air transport with insurance companies doesn't necessarily provide full relief for patients because while you can choose a doctor or a hospital that is in-network for your plan, you have very little control over who picks you up to take you there. Now, These bills are currently only in committee. As we mentioned earlier, nothing has been brought up for a vote, but the industry says that if this measure were to become law, it would put many medical air transport services out of business entirely or at the very minimum 
drastically reduce the availability of those services, especially in areas where they are needed most. So another difficult question in the whole healthcare puzzle. And if you found this topic interesting, we can discuss it on the Here's Something Interesting Facebook page at Something Interesting Podcast on Facebook. I hope to meet up with you there. I'm Chris Oaks, and if you enjoy the Here's Something Interesting podcast, be sure to subscribe, like our Facebook page, and share it with your friends that might also find this stuff interesting as well. Thanks for listening.